TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. TGIF Scoop Podcast Faithful slash Happy Weekend slash if you're listening to this podcast the week of October 8th, we thank you very much. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast when you have so many options available. We are recording Scoop Podcast episode 177 on Friday late afternoon, the 5th of October. We'll go heavy on notes, Vikings, Wolves, Twins, Gophers, and so on. And I'll finish this podcast with an interview I did on Thursday afternoon at Owatonna High School with future Gophers running back Jason Williamson. Scoop Podcast episode 177 is brought to you by Fair State Brewing Cooperative. We are so happy to have Fair State Brewing back on board. They were a delightful, great, unbelievably kind sponsor to the Scoop Podcast a year ago, and we welcome them back. I'll tell you all about Fair State, what's going on at Fair State Brewing in just a bit. But let's start with Vikings notes. Looking ahead to Sunday's game at Philadelphia, Trey Waynes is out. Vikings cornerback Trey Waynes is out. He is still in the concussion protocol. I am told that there's a real chance he'll be back for the Arizona game in a week, that this should not be a long-term injury, although brain injuries, let's not forget concussions, are brain injuries. They can be tricky, but I'm led to believe by somebody close to Wayne's that this is not a long-term setback. Dalvin Cook is listed as questionable for Sunday. The word on Friday afternoon is he's more likely to play than not play, but it's tricky with a hamstring. We'll have to wait and see how he is on Sunday morning. Regardless, talking to Dalvin in the locker room on Monday, he made it painfully clear that he is not 100%. So if he plays, expect him to be limited in action, just like the Rams game. What did he end up playing? About 18 to 20 snaps, touched the ball around 10 times. Do not look for Dalvin to touch the ball 20-plus times on Sunday. Put it that way. The Vikings will have scouts at a number of college games on Saturday, including Florida State, Miami. I'm told from a few people there is no panic internally. So while some members of the fan base are pushing the panic button. A 1-2-1 one, and one, staring at this game in Philadelphia. You're an underdog. You could easily be 1-3-1 and one come late Sunday. I am told internally it's not necessarily kumbaya with Everson Griffin, with now Trey Wayne's out. Marcus Sherrill's is still out. You know, they just made another roster move on Friday with Kentrell Brothers being activated, Brian Witzman being let go, question marks in the secondary, question marks along the offensive line. So it's not like they're holding hands singing kumbaya, but I am told that there is no panic going on internally at TCO Performance Center in Egan. On Witzman, I am told he just really didn't impress them at all. I was told by somebody, because I checked, I thought, hey, logically, Mike Remmers is better at right tackle than he is at right guard. So what about the idea of moving Remmers back to right tackle? But then who would you put at guard? I mean, the way this person said it to me, somebody internally at TCO Performance Center, okay, if you move Remmers to right tackle, I'll go along with your theory that Remmers is a better right tackle than right guard, but then who would we put at right guard. I said, what about Witzman? I was told, absolutely not. So now, a couple days later, seeing Witzman being let go, that is not a surprise. I said, what about Brett Jones? I was told, 
No, it wasn't capital letters, but I was told, no, Danny Isidoro would be another candidate. But I'm led to believe that their best combination, at least right now, but it's fluid. But right now, the best combination involves Mike Remmers being at right guard with Rashad Hill at right tackle. If you move Remmers to right tackle, that means Hill is on the bench and you really don't have a right guard. So while, again, it's fluid, I'm not saying that this is the offensive line that the Vikings will have week 12, week 13. Right now, at least heading into this weekend, do not expect any change. A couple breaks the Vikings will catch for sure on Sunday. We wonder whether Corey Clement, who didn't practice all week, will be able to play. Really good receiver out of the backfield, the former Badger. But Darren Sproles is definitely out for Philadelphia. And here is the headline, Derek Barnett. Great defensive lineman. He was solid in that loss last week against Tennessee. Well, he dinged up his shoulder. Heck, he was great against the Vikings in January in the massacre at Lincoln Financial Field when the Eagles just destroyed the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. He is only 22 years old. Former first-round pick. In fact, Philadelphia got Barnett with the pick they acquired from the Vikings in the Sam Bradford trade. Anyway, that shoulder injury will keep Barnett off the field on Sunday. So I'm telling you, that is a nice break that the Vikings are catching, not having to deal with Barnett. But also no Tayshaun Bauer for the Vikings. We know Everson Griffin is out. A source close to Griffin tells me he is doing well. I mean, forget football for a second. We still you know, care first and foremost about his livelihood, how his family life is, just him getting back to some semblance of normalcy, I am told. He is doing well. His mental health evaluation is in the rearview mirror. He is back home. He is no longer at Fairview Southdale Hospital. But no Griffin this weekend. No Bauer. So the Vikings are down a couple defensive ends. They did have a couple defensive linemen in for workouts on Monday. Robert Ayers and Lamar Houston. So maybe next week we'll have to keep an eye on those two names. Now my sense after the workout on Monday was the Vikings were not interested in signing anyone. That it was more them doing their due diligence. They had some other guys in, but if Bauer is out for any extended amount of time, and it still might be a bit for Everson Griffin, the Vikings may have to bring in a defensive lineman. What's interesting is, as of a couple days ago, the Vikings had not touched base with B-Rob, with Brian Robinson. So you bring in Ayers, you bring in Houston for looks. Now, it's not like they need to bring in Robinson for a look, although they may want to bring him in just to see what kind of shape he is in. He is training daily. He still wants to play. Brian Robinson is not ready to declare that he is retired. But as of Wednesday, the Vikings had not touched base with B-Rob. Here's an update on some former Vikings. Here is a lengthy list of tryouts that former Vikings had in the last week. Remember offensive lineman Willie Beavers, former fourth-round pick? He had a workout this week with the Bears. Former Vikings tight end Kyle Carter had a workout with the Chiefs. Former Vikings defensive tackle David Perry had a workout with the Patriots. Former Vikings safety Jack Tacho had a workout with the Lions. Former Vikings running back Mac Brown had a workout with the Redskins. Former Vikings kicker Daniel Carlson had a workout with the Browns. Late last week, he had a workout with the New York Jets. And also on the workout front this week, former gopher Jonathan Celestine had a workout with the Los Angeles Chargers. His good friend, his former teammate, Stephen Richardson, is on the Chargers practice squad. Before we get to Wolves notes, more so a Jimmy Butler update. If there is an update, we can debate whether there even is an update on the Jimmy Butler front, but we'll get to Butler in a second. But let me tell you about Fair State Brewing Cooperative, which is the Upper Midwest's first member-owned brewery. They specialize in delicious sours, lagers, and hoppy ales. Oh, my mouth is watering just thinking about consuming some Fair State Brewing. Loved doing a podcast 
there last year. Thankfully, was able to sober up, was there for a while, sobered up, was able to get home. But I love consuming their beer. This month, Fair State Brewing has released Mirror Universe, a double dry hopped hazy IPA brewed with wheat, oats, citra, mosaic, and El Dorado hops. It was a limited offering in the spring, so maybe you tried Mirror Universe a handful of months ago. But the great thing now is... It is available year-round. Look for Mirror Universe at your local bars and liquor stores or stop by the Fair State Brewing Cooperative Tap Room in Northeast Minneapolis at Lowry and Central Fair State Brewing Cooperative, the Upper Midwest's first member-owned brewery. And Mirror Universe is now available year-round. We love hearing that. Welcome back, Fair State Brewing. We greatly appreciate you sponsoring the Scoop Podcast. All right, let's start with this. I was over at Wolves Shootaround on Friday morning. Here is a 35-second update. We can debate whether it's even an update, but here is Tom Thibodeau from Friday morning on the Jimmy Butler situation. It's all fluid. You know, we'll we'll take it day by day. Is there a date you have in mind where he needs to show up? He's still on the roster. No. For clarity's sake, I mean, you could be fining him, but you're choosing not to. Yeah, we're just you know we're trying to do what's best for the team, and uh, and so we're focused on the guys that are here. I think that's the important part. Uh, and obviously, you know, and we're trying to get something done, and uh, you know, we'll we'll approach it as it comes. How do you feel about the ongoing discussions? Um, they're ongoing. <laughs> yes, that was Tibbs laughing there at the end among a few of us. So at least he has some sense of humor with this situation. I did ask him the question, even though I have a good idea of what the answer is. I asked him the question just about finding Jimmy. The Wolves are not planning on finding Jimmy because they're still trying to get him back with the team. So out of good faith, they are choosing not to find him. If the Wolves wanted to, they could find him. He is not with the team right now. He, in theory, should be with the team right now. He's a member of the Wolves. But they are choosing not to find him. Now, maybe this is a hill I end up dying on, but I'm willing to die on it. I still sense that Jimmy Butler will never wear a Wolves uniform again. So even though Tibbs, it's an ongoing process, he's trying to get Jimmy back. Heck, we had George Carl on a recent Scoop podcast. We talked to George at length about Carmelo Anthony, his then player with the Denver Nuggets in August of 2010. It was late August 2010, demanding or requesting, however you want to phrase it, a trade. They, Denver, did not satisfy the request immediately. Mello ended up coming back to the Nuggets, played half a season. Then the Nuggets moved Mello to the Knicks in February, right before the trade deadline. So could the Wolves do that? Could they convince Jimmy to come back? Hey, be a good soldier, play. We will ultimately satisfy your trade request slash demand, but we don't have an offer right now that we like, so let us play this thing out a little bit, and you can showcase your talent, and maybe more teams will come calling, or those that have interest will increase their offer. So I'm not denying that the Wolves, Tibbs, and others with the Wolves in their front office, I'm not denying that they're trying to get Jimmy to come back. That is absolutely the case, but I still think ownership has a say in this, and the distraction that he would be. Can you imagine him coming back into that locker room right now, even if it's for 
a finite amount of time. I just don't see how that is a workable solution. So it's a hill I'm willing to die on, but I still think that Jimmy never wears a Wolves uniform again, and I still would lean toward a trade happening before the Wolves play their first game, which is October 17th at San Antonio. But that's a fluid situation. That could certainly change. But I still will say I don't foresee him wearing a Wolves uniform again. Here's something else interesting on the Jimmy Butler front. Here is Rachel Nichols, Jorge Sedano, and Byron Scott on the Thursday edition of the jump. Keep in mind that Byron played for Pat Riley with the Lakers, still as close to Pat Riley, and Sedano worked for the Miami Heat. Maybe even still does some work. Point is, he's got connections to the Miami Heat. Listen to what those two gentlemen tossed out on Thursday. I know Miami's hot on him. Eric Spolstra loves him. Pat Riley loves him. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade loves him. Clearly, they're like brothers. Yeah. Um, and Pat Riley, my understanding, uh, he may or may not have <laughs> told Tibbs a week or so ago to get your bleeping house in order and hung up the phone. Now, you say Byron, he may or may not have? May or may not have. Now, Byron, oh. you know him maybe better than I do. Um, what do you think about that? <laughs> oh, I, I think he probably said, hey, Tim, get your bleeping house in order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Play, that's what I heard. That, that, that yeah. sounds like yeah. the Pat Riley that I know. Yeah. So you get the point, and I play that because I fully believe that Sedano and Byron Scott, again, two guys that know multiple people with the heat, certainly Byron, close to Pat Riley, I have no doubt in my mind that that took place, that Miami has reached the point now, 17 days into this fiasco, this circus, that Miami has gotten to the point of frustration, that Miami is trying to focus on opening its season here in, what, about 9, 10 days, give or take, that they would like to have Jimmy Butler for some practices heading into the regular season opener, that they want Jimmy for 82 games, that they feel like, hey, we're willing to give you some pretty good players and we're willing to take back the $48 million left on Gorgie Jang's contract. But talks are ongoing. Miami is still uber-aggressive. If I had to bet, I still would bet on Miami. But there are other teams. I was told by a league executive this week that, hey, Philadelphia is still lurking in the weeds. Yahoo Sports reported on Friday that the Clippers are lurking in the weeds. The report said, hey, Tobias Harris is off the table. And if he's off the table, I can't imagine that there's a deal to be had with the Wolves. And the Clippers can just say, hey, we'll just go after Jimmy next summer. No reason to make a trade right now. But whether it's Brooklyn, whether it's Philadelphia, whether it's Houston, Houston still has interest. There's still some other teams clearly showing some level of interest. But Miami has been, my understanding, by far, the most aggressive. So we'll continue to monitor the Jimmy Butler situation. And I still think, I'm telling you, I still think a trade happens sooner rather than later. I guess I would be surprised if this thing stretches into January or February. I still think he gets traded in the calendar year 2018. What else do I have written down on the Wolves? Brian Pauga, who is, what is he, about fourth in command in the front office, director of personnel. He came with Scott Layden from the Spurs organization. He represented the Wolves a few days ago at Eric Musselman's Pro Day with the University of Nevada. All right, let's move on to some Twins notes. They were among Major League organizations at the Miami Marlins Stadium on Friday afternoon. 
for the showcase, the Cuban players, the Mesa brothers, and a pitcher named Sandy Gaston. I might be pronouncing the name wrong. The headline is one of the Mesa brothers is considered one of the best players in Cuba. The Marlins, no surprise, heck, they hosted the showcase. The Marlins are viewed as the favorite to sign all three. But nonetheless, the Twins doing their due diligence. The Twins were represented at that showcase for those Cuban players, those good Cuban players, on Friday in Miami. MLB.com was the first to note, I can certainly verify it, that Twins general manager Thad Levine was approached by the New York Mets. The Mets had interest in interviewing Levine for their vacant general manager job, but he said, thanks, but no thanks. Levine likes it here, his family likes it here, and certainly, after firing a manager... It would have been one heck of a move to then leave. It wasn't all fat, obviously, firing Molly, but he had his fingerprints on that. So after firing the manager, then moving on just a few days later, or at least interviewing for a job, would have been certainly interesting. But Thad had no interest in the Mets GM opening. He likes it here, and Derek Falvey certainly defers to him a lot. I mean, heck, there's a reason why the nickname Falveen exists. I mean, they are in lockstep. By title, Derek Falvey is the boss, but heck, if you work over there, it's... You know, 1A and 1B. It's not like it's a dictatorship where it's Falvey, then everybody under him. Falvey and Levine are constantly in lockstep. The managerial search is underway. It'll be a process. I do anticipate that they will cast a wide net, but make no mistake, bench coach Derek Shelton will be in the mix. But there are a number of people interested. I'm told former Twins reliever Craig Breslow has interest. And if he doesn't join the Twins coaching staff or has a chance to interview for the managerial job, there is some chance of him joining the Twins front office in some capacity. Former Twins reliever Craig Breslow. He made an impression on Falvey and Levine when he was here. When would that have been? Last year. Plus, there are guys like Gary Jones. You don't even know the name Gary Jones. I wouldn't fault you if you don't know the name Gary Jones. Heck, I didn't know the name Gary Jones until I heard about it the other day. But a guy like Gary Jones, former Cubs third base coach. He is now the manager of the Phillies AAA affiliate. Longtime minor league coach slash manager Gary Jones has interest in the Twins managerial opening. Not that the interest is going to be reciprocated, but that's another thing that Falvey and Levine need to sift through. There are a number of agents that represent coaches throughout the minor leagues, coaches in the major leagues, inundating Falvey and Levine's cell phone with text messages, with emails. Hey, think about my client. My client can do this. Hey, my client can do that. So the twins, specifically Falvey and Levine, are sifting through a lot of information they have since they made the move earlier in the week to relieve Paul Molitor of his duties. Molly still has some interest in managing. He would have some interest in the Toronto job. If they reach out, the Twins still owe him $3.25 million over the next two years. Right now, it doesn't appear that Molly has interest in staying in the Twins organization. But if another job doesn't come to fruition, plus Molly has to keep in mind that he's got two kids, one that's a couple years from graduating high school, another that either is just starting high school or is a year away from starting high school. He's not uprooting his family. He doesn't want to uproot his kids from going to the school or schools that they go to here in the metropolitan area. But if the right opportunity pops up, he can be a bench coach for somebody or a hitting coach. You know, that would interest him. So at this point, it doesn't appear as if he has interest in staying in the Twins organization. And with Molly's context throughout the game, you would think he'd be able to land some sort of coaching job if he chases it enough. So it doesn't look like Molly will remain in the Twins organization, but never say never. That could be one of those 
fluid situations. Tori Hunter, who was on Scoop Podcast episode 176, talking mostly Joe Maurer, but we talked at the end about him managing in the world versus U.S. game All-Star Weekend. Tori said, hey, he's got interest in managing full-time, but it doesn't sound like he'll be in the Twins mix. But hey, I told Tori, hey, you've got connections with the Angels. Heck yeah, had a nice little run with the Angels. What about the Angels? Now, it doesn't sound like he's going to pop up with the L.A. Angels. But hey, if Tori waits long enough or he wants to manage in the minors, then work his way up, I have no doubt. Maybe it's my bias shining through here, but I have no doubt that Tory can shape his own path in terms of managing if he so chooses. All right, I've got some Gophers notes for the pig game, for the homecoming game. Who will say that swine is mine? 2.30 Saturday afternoon at TCF Bank Stadium. The Gophers against the Hawkeyes. Iowa fans will be up here. You will see plenty of black and gold. But hey, it'll be nice to have a pretty full TCF Bank Stadium. It should be the largest crowd of the season. But yes, there will be plenty of Iowa fans in attendance. I'm told these NFL teams will be scouting the game. Heck, Noah Fant, Iowa tight end, might be the first tight end off the board come April. He has a chance to be a first-round pick. Plus, there are a number of other players to keep an eye on. Plus, it's not just about the 2019 draft, but when you think about some of the Gophers' young talent, hey, you're a scout. You're always looking at years down the road. So the Gophers have a number of talented young players, guys that aren't eligible for next year's draft, but when looking at future drafts, those guys have a chance to be drafted. Anyway, I'm told these NFL teams will be in attendance. The Colts the Cowboys and Jaguars. I had a well-known former Gophers player reach out to me on Friday saying, hey, have you heard anything about Shannon Brooks? Is Shannon Brooks ready to help the Gophers or will he just play in the final four games of the year? If there was ever a time to use Shannon Brooks coming off the ACL, but he's doing well, it would be right for the rivalry game, right? The two rivalry games, I guess, the two main rivalry games, Iowa and Wisconsin. Now you finish with Wisconsin, so that would be at the end of the year. But what about Shannon Brooks playing against Iowa? I'll just say this i don't have the answer i reached out to some people i haven't heard back so i know that the scoop podcast is one where i'm supposed to have all the answers i don't have the answer on shannon brooks but i thought i would bring it up because it's an interesting question because we've seen shannon warm up in full uniform before the gophers games he traveled to maryland but we were told hey you know he still needs some time but that was a few weeks ago could that time be tomorrow saturday october 6th that remains to be seen but something to keep an eye on if shannon brooks doesn't play against Iowa, there is a good chance that he will play before the season is over and he'll still maintain the red shirt because he can play in those four games, the new NCAA rule, play in four games this year and still maintain a red shirt. I may as well keep the gopher football theme going. I've got some gopher basketball notes, plus I was over at Wild Practice on Friday, so I can share those after I play back this interview I did with Jason Williamson on Thursday afternoon. I was down in Owatan on Thursday afternoon for a TV shoot. Jason is one of the best football players in the state. He is a Gophers commit. He had six touchdowns, ran for over 200 yards in the Prep Bowl victory by Owatonna over Elk River last November. Already through five games this year, Owatonna number one in Class 5A. Already through five games, Owatonna unbeaten, of course. That's how you're ranked number one. He's already ran for over 1,000 yards. He's a touchdown machine. He's also a great free safety. He's not a man of many words, but he's one heck of a player. He is 6'2", right in that 205, 210 range. 
His coach, Jeff Williams, told me that Jason put on a good 10 to 15 to maybe even 20 pounds from last year, so he is growing and growing and growing. P.J. Fleck and his staff, Matt Simon, got in on Jason early. He looks like he has a chance to be a real special player the next handful of years for the Gophers. He'll join the Gophers in January, so he'll graduate high school early. He'll join the Gophers in January for winter workouts, then join them for spring practice. So he should play as a true freshman, or at least have a chance to play as a true freshman. Anyway, here's my full interview with Jason Williamson, Owatonna running back, Gophers commit. He'll sign with the Gophers in the coming weeks. Jason, let's just start with the team. I mean, 5-0. and oh, I mean, did you sense, I mean, going back to even Coach was saying you guys, you know, 7-on-7 seven seven and scrimmage against Crete and what have you. I mean, you guys lost so many players from last year. Quarterback, receivers, offensive linemen. But did you sense sometime during the summer that you guys had a chance to be really special on offense this year? Yeah, I knew we had a lot of guys who were stuck behind really good players last year and they were really excited to step into their role this year. So... Uh, getting the experience from last year late in the games is gonna, really going to help us. How much are you motivated by the idea that, okay, we won one title last year, let's go win another one? Yeah, pretty motivated. It helps that a lot of people are kind of doubting us about how we lost a lot of guys, so I feel like that's helping us a lot too. People are really doubting you? I mean, you're one of the best players in the state. As long as you're here, there's really people doubting you? I mean, I've heard a couple of things out how are you guys going to be after losing all those guys, and it's just the same thing every year. So... <laughs> Okay, so then how have you been able to recapture all that offensive magic from last year? Uh, just good game plan. A lot of guys trying to get after it every single day. I mean, the offensive line, I mean, the offensive line with new starters must be performing very well. Yeah, they're playing really good. They've gelled right away, and that's good to see. How much better of a player are you, Jason, today? I mean, speaking of somebody that can carry this team and carry this team into a state championship, how much better of a player are you today compared to maybe this time last year? I just feel like experience helps and just been lifting, doing all that, and I feel like experience is the biggest part. Are you, I mean, physically, are you talking you're 15, 20 pounds bigger than last year? Yeah, around there probably. But speed-wise, I mean, still about the same? Uh, I would say I got a little bit faster too, so that's kind of something I've been working on all summer too. And was the idea okay? I mean, you know that you're playing at the Big Ten level starting next year, that you knew that you had to get bigger but also maintain that speed or even get faster? Yeah, I'm just trying to be the best player I can be. So didn't really have playing a Big Ten in my mind at that point. It was just I got to be a better player because next level is going to be even tougher. When you say be the best player that you can be, where can that eventually take you? Uh, I don't really know yet. I don't know my ceiling, and uh, hopefully it's pretty high. <laughs> How special was it that you were? I mean, you and Cole Kramer committed to the Gophers, what, about the same day or give or take, you know, 12 hours, 24 hours. But how special was it that you were pretty much P.J. Flex first commit for the 2019 class? Yeah, it was actually about five minutes apart, I think it was. So, I mean, it's pretty special that he thought of me and Cole as being leaders of this class, and that means a lot to both of us, I know. Why did you say yes to the Gophers? Uh, just a childhood dream growing up in Minnesota, seeing that we've kind of struggled over the years and then Coach Fleck comes in, he's going to turn the place around, and uh, he made that pretty clear, and it's starting to show. And then you see Fleck's offense, you see Kirk Sharaka's offense. How does their offense fit your skill set? Uh, that's kind of the same thing we've been running here, a lot of spread out of the shotgun and all that, so that kind of hit me hard too. That was going to be kind of the same thing, so I wouldn't really have to learn that many new techniques or anything. Think us through what kind of running back you are. Like if you had to write a scouting report on the type of running back you are, what would be in that scouting report? Uh, probably physical, and uh, I can think I can do it all, run the ball, catch the ball, special teams-wise, too. I can just – I kind of see myself as all-purpose. So, And then you have position flexibility, right? I mean, you're a really good defensive back. 
Oh, yeah, I've kind of been working on my defense this year, too. I know i got to get better and everything, so... And do you like having that versatility in the event that, okay, you get on the campus and maybe eventually you transition from running back to, to DB? Yeah, I mean, being an athlete, as I'm classified as, i got to try to be the best athlete that I can be. So I feel like playing defense and offense right now is just preparing me for the better. How close are you with all the other 2019 commits? Uh, I've met a couple, but the guys who are like far away from the coast and stuff, I'll be seeing them this weekend. So that'll be good to see and uh, connect with those guys. So it's going to be a busy weekend. So what, Rochester Century tomorrow, and then you'll be at the uh, Iowa game on Saturday? Yes. So, I mean, how much are you looking forward to how much fun this weekend will be? Uh, it's about like every other weekend. I usually play a game here and then go up and watch the Gopher game. So it'll just be exciting to see all the other guys. And are you following, you know, whether it's Cole Kramer or Eden Prairie or any number of other guys that, that are in the recruiting class, are you following how they're doing? Yeah, I've been keeping up with their stats. I'm sure they've been keeping up with mine too. It's just good to see how well each of us are doing. What makes you so humble? I mean, you come across as, as somebody that's, you know, soft-spoken and, and humble. Where, where does that come from? Uh, I don't really know. So i just kind of been quiet for a really long time, I guess. And it's just pretty humble, humbling to be quiet. And, like, I don't know. It's just something I am, I guess. Coach said, though, you're a really good leader. So, I mean, when he's saying that, does he mean that you're a good leader by example? I would say mostly, yeah. But there's been a couple times this year when I've had to step up vocally in that the coaches have complimented me on that because I've gotten a lot better since last year about that, I guess. So, Will you finish the high school year, or are you going to go to campus in January? I'm going to head up in January after the first semester. So how important was that for you to get on campus and be able to participate in spring ball? I feel like it's only going to help me for the future to get in their system before the real season starts, you know, to play spring ball. I feel like that's going to help me a lot. And so the idea might be no redshirt next year, right, that you can contribute as a true freshman. I mean, P.J. plays true freshman. Yeah, that's what I've been told by him and the coaching staff, so it's pretty exciting. That also is the reason why I chose Minnesota, because I want to play right away, too. Who else offered you? Uh, it was just Minnesota. Okay, so, I mean, they offered you so early, you jumped in. Have any schools tried to reach out to you? Uh, Iowa has a little bit, but not much. Most of the teams have kind of backed off a little bit being a Minnesota kid, so... I'll leave you after this. How much do you reflect upon your unbelievable performance in the prep bowl last year? Uh, not too much. Right now, I feel like after the season, I'll look back at my high school career and just take it all in, I guess. I mean, what was it? Though? Was it like five touchdowns and 200 and something yards? Uh, something like that, yeah. I think it was six touchdowns and I don't know how many yards, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, just think about it, though, to score that many touchdowns to help your team win a championship. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? Uh, not really. It just comes from guys playing hard and coaches working hard. Give us a good game plan, so that helped a lot, too. Future Gophers running back from Owatonna High School. He'll graduate early. He'll report to campus in January. It is Jason Williamson. On the Gophers men's basketball front, I am told there is optimism. It's guarded optimism, so it certainly isn't gushing out optimism, but there is a little bit more optimism than pessimism, even though history suggests that Marcus Carr, the transfer from Pittsburgh, will not get a waiver to play right away, but the NCAA has been handing out waivers recently to cases, to kids that you would say, hey, what the heck is the case there? In Carr's case, he committed Kevin Stallings. Stallings gets fired. 
Carr has a good year last year under Stallings, averages double figures in the ACC. Good player, Marcus Carr, but Stallings gets fired. Jeff Capel comes in. Nothing against Capel, but that wasn't the coach that Carr committed to, so he transferred. So his point is, hey, I would have stayed at Pittsburgh if they didn't fire the coach. So the NCAA should let the Gophers know, should let Carr know in the next 7 to 14-ish days. But I'm just telling you, there's a bit of guarded optimism internally that Carr might actually get to play this year. Daniel Oturu, no surprise, fully cleared. Heck, when we were there a week and a half ago for the Gophers' first practice, he was absorbing some contact. So not a surprise that a handful of days later he has been cleared for all contact. Eric Curry isn't that far behind. Also on the basketball front, Trey Holloman, ninth grader from Creighton Durham Hall, Jalen Suggs from Minnehaha Academy, and Matthew Hurt from Rochester John Marshall. Suggs a junior, Hurt a senior, all three guys at USA Basketball Minicamp this weekend in Colorado Springs. But Suggs, being the great quarterback that he is, heck, Ohio State has offered Suggs, so has Fleck and the Gophers. He has to play football on Friday night for SMB, that's the co-op, with Minnehaha Academy, Blake, and St. Paul Academy. So he's got a game on Friday night, so he'll head to Colorado Springs on Saturday. On the wild front, I was over at practice on Friday. That tree of rank is unbelievable. No surprise, although, heck, Judd Zolgad is already pushing the panic button, but there's no pushing the panic button over at the wild. They don't like how they played on Thursday at Colorado. Talking to Matt Hendricks, who... He said, by the way, he'll come on the podcast whenever, so I'll have to make sure I get Matt on pretty regularly throughout the season. But he said, hey, we didn't follow the game plan. Charlie Coyle talked about failing in the neutral zone. So they know what they need to fix, and it's not an easy game on Saturday against the Vegas Golden Knights. Minus Nate Schmidt, the former Gopher, is playing in Austria right now while he serves his 20-game NHL suspension for... They say he used a performance-enhancing drug. He is denying it, but hey, hard to fight the 20-game suspension. So Schmidt's suspended by the NHL, so he's staying in game shape playing in Austria. But nonetheless, Vegas will present one heck of a challenge at the X on Saturday night. But I can just tell you guys were loosey-goosey even getting in late at night, flying back from Denver late last night and being on the ice at noon. Guys were in a good mood. They are ready to go for the home opener on Saturday night against Vegas. All right, that does it for Scoop Podcast episode 177. Have a great weekend, everyone. Or if you happen to be listening to this the week of October 8th, we greatly appreciate it. And I'll be back relatively soon with episode 178. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. Your story, it lives in River City, where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small-town feel, where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another, where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it, whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives.